Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. This is a great birth story episode where Malin shares her experience with anxiety during pregnancy. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 142. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. In today's episode of the podcast, we have Malin, and she is originally from Harrogate, Tennessee, but recently moved to Johnson City, Tennessee. She's 26 years old. She works at a skilled nursing facility as a speech language pathologist. She's married, and she and her husband have a baby boy. 
She reached out to come onto the podcast and share her experience with anxiety during pregnancy and the steps that she took to ensure a healthy pregnancy, both physically and mentally, and also talk about how her anxiety and her treatment for anxiety affected her labor and birth experience. And she really wanted to reach out and talk about this because we hear a lot about postpartum anxiety and depression as we should. However, there's not enough discussion about anxiety and depression affecting pregnancy. So she really wanted to shed some light on mental health during pregnancy. And I'm so glad she reached out to share her story. You're really going to learn a lot from it. Um, Also, she is a student from the birth preparation course. So I always love when folks from the birth preparation course reach out to come onto the podcast and share their story too. So thank you for that. So you're going to learn about her experience with prenatal anxiety and how she took a holistic approach to care. Uh, And then for her labor and birth experience, we're going to learn a bit about her clarity on what she wanted for pain medication. She was real clear on that. (laughs) And she'll share what happened with um, her baby when her baby had meconium at birth. Also, how she was thrown for a loop a bit postpartum in terms of the the way people approached or brought up the fact that she was taking medication for anxiety during her pregnancy and the impact that it may have had on breastfeeding. So that kind of threw her for a loop. She's going to share that experience there as well. As always, this is a great informative episode and you are going to learn a lot. Now, real quick, if you haven't filled out our listener survey, I would so appreciate if you do that. You can fill it out at drnicolerankins.com forward slash survey. I want to learn more about you who is listening to this podcast. It's a super, super short survey. You can fill it out pretty quickly. And if you fill it out by today, the day that this episode is being released on November 30th, you will be entered to win one of four $50 Amazon gift cards. So that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash survey. I would so, so appreciate you filling that out. All right, let's get into the episode with Malin. So much, Melin, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. This is a really important topic, and I appreciate you reaching out to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so why don't we start off by having you? Yeah, I'm tongue tied already. Why don't we start <laughs> start off by having you tell us a bit about yourself and your family? Yes. So my name is Melin Berkeley. Um, I'm 26 years old. I'm originally from Harrogate, Tennessee, but I moved to Johnson City, Tennessee last year. I live with my husband, Ryan, and our little baby boy, Rhett, who just turned four months old, and I'm a speech-language pathologist in a nursing home. All right. Love it. Love it. Love it. And is Johnson City, is that near the border of North Carolina? It is. Yeah. Is it near Boone, North Carolina? Mm-hmm. See, I, we were there like in August for vacation and oh my God, it was so beautiful. Oh yes, it is mm-hmm. really beautiful in the mountains. Yes, yes, yes. So I was in your neck of the woods yeah. not too long ago. <laughs> All right. So in order to understand um, pregnancy, we have to understand a little bit about prenatal care and what your pregnancy is like. Now, actually the first thing, let me back up a little bit. Um, you reached out because you were interested or you wanted to talk about your experience with prenatal anxiety and depression. So why don't you tell us a bit about what that was like for you? And then we can talk about how it affected your prenatal care, but what was prenatal anxiety and depression like for you? Right. So 
I've always been kind of an anxious person. I'll just preface it with that. But mm-hmm. I never was diagnosed with anxiety or depression. I never, you know, seen a therapist. I had never um, been on any medication or anything. I was able to cope just fine. It was just kind of, you know, a part of who I was. I knew I was a little bit more of an anxious person. Right. And so last year, this time last year in September, I found out that I was pregnant. And um, at the time, I was living in Harrogate, Tennessee with my mom and my dad and my sister. I had been out of grad school for a year and I was working at home. And my um, my husband, my boyfriend at the time, lived in Johnson City. It's where we met and went to school and everything. And um, so I found out I was pregnant and we had to like make lots of decisions. We had been together for five years and we were talking about getting married. Okay. Um, we had been, we had picked out rings. We were talking about getting married in 2021. But, um, so of course this pregnancy wasn't planned. Um, so we, Johnson City and Harriet are two hours apart and we had just been kind of seeing each other on the weekends. Right. But we decided we wanted to go ahead and get married since that was our plan anyway. We just go ahead and do it. And, um, we decided, then we had to decide, okay, do we want to have a wedding or do we want to just get married? Right. We, decided we wanted to have a small wedding because again, it's COVID. We couldn't do anything big. Um, but we ended up having a really small chapel wedding. It was really nice. Um, and we got married on November 1st. So I found out I'm pregnant in September. We basically had a month to plan a wedding thanks to my mom and you know everybody else that kind of came together and made it happen. Right. Um, I just knew like if we put it off, I would, we wouldn't have a wedding, at least not anytime any soon, you know. Right, right. And um, it was just really important to me to have those pictures and those memories. So that was, kind of, you know, a big stressor. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we have to decide where are we going to live. I had a good job with good benefits, but my husband was just starting a new job too, going into business with one of his friends. And I mean, it was starting like the week of that we found out we were pregnant. All of this happened all at once. Um, so and this is in Johnson City. So um, we thought, well, maybe we'll live halfway. And we actually looked at some places there, but it didn't work out. And I was like, okay, if I can find a job up here, then um, we'll we'll move. We'll do it. And thankfully, I was able to find a job. And so I I stopped working at my last job on a Friday, and I moved in with my husband in an apartment with the person he was going into business with who was staying with him just for a short period of time. Oh my so God. I moved, yeah. I moved in with two guys um, over the weekend and I started my new job on a Monday. And at this point I'm in my second trimester. Right. So when I started my new job, the day that I walked in the, my new boss was like, I'm so sorry. Our whole facility is, has COVID, you know, it just a huge outbreak. And the other speech therapist that was there that was supposed to show me the ropes and everything actually was out with COVID. So I didn't have any options other than to see the COVID patients, you know. Thankfully, they gave me all of the um, the PPE and all the right. equipment that I needed. Um, but it was so scary because I was like, oh, I'm pregnant, you know. Right. I've got this baby. And... You know, so all of this stuff is happening. And thankfully, like we made it through that. I did not get COVID. Um, so thankful. But um, that was just that was just a lot. Yes, so much, so much. So I've moved, you know, 
started a new job, got engaged, got married, and pregnant, all this stuff's happening. Um, so things finally start to settle down. And I guess that is when, you know, during all of this, I didn't really have time to think about it. I was just go, go, go. I was just mm-hmm. doing it. But it was kind of when things settled down that my anxiety started up and all the stress really hit me gotcha. because um, it started with like little things. Like I would be, I remember the first time I was at a grocery store and I somewhere that I'd gone a hundred times and I was just going to get one more thing. And I had my buggy was full and I was just like, I don't think I can go through the checkout. Like I was just, you know, there was just so much and there was no reason for it. It was just this intense feeling of anxiety. Right. And I started noticing it again with um, driving. And that's been the main thing that it's really affected me with and still does. But um, I've always kind of been a nervous driver, but never thought too much of it. You know, it never bothered me. Um, but I had to drive on the interstate to get to work. So I actually don't even work in Johnson city. I work in Kingsport, which is like 30 minutes away. There's the okay. tri-cities. Um, so I had to, a little bit of a commute to work. So my husband was the one that kind of noticed I was having to call him every morning on the way to work. And I was just getting these really intense feelings and just very, very worked up. And so he was the one that like sat down with me one day and was like, you can't live like this. Like we can't live like this. You know, he didn't have to go into work as early. So he was having to get up and call me, which he obviously didn't care to. And he was really supportive. Right. But um, he is the one that suggested seeing um, a counselor, seeing a therapist. And so at this point I was starting to get kind of miserable by it. I was like, I have to drive to work every day. Like Mm -hmm. I'm willing to try it. So um, we, kind of got a referral from a friend and I started going and it was wonderful. The, um, the counselor that I see, she specializes in, um, prenatal and maternal mental health. Nice. And I didn't even ask for that or plan for that. I didn't know what I was looking for. You know, (laughs) he basically set it up for me. I was kind of like, Oh, we'll see how it goes. Right. Right. And we had like heard of another person who, um, we actually had signed up for, but she couldn't take us. And they were like, Oh, here's this person that specializes in this. And it was so good to learn strategies. And, you know, it's not just talking and venting about your feelings. It's actual things you can do to make your mental health better. Um, which I learned, I guess I had a little bit of a stigma towards it, but I definitely don't anymore and would recommend it to anyone. Gotcha. 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 Expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor, this message is for you. As you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead, let Home Threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family. At HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time. From cozy nursery essentials to soothing rocking chairs, Home Threads has everything to create the perfect home for your little one and always at the best value. If you like unique items, then you definitely need to check out Home Threads. We got a silver picture frame from Home Threads that is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those timeless classic items that will last for years to come. 
and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. So then how is that affecting your prenatal care and your pregnancy? Like, had you did you tell your physician at all that you were struggling? Um, not up until this point. I think all of it kind of happened within just a few weeks that it mm-hmm. got really bad. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it was all kind of building up to it, but I didn't really notice it. And you were probably just seeing it. You weren't like you were in the early part. So it's not like you were seeing your physician like that frequently either. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. When I decided, I think to tell my doctor, I'd been seeing my therapist for a few weeks and I was getting better, but I was still, I remember telling her like, I said, does it just take a long time? Like, cause I was still feeling pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. And she, that's when she actually mentioned medication to me and she didn't try to push it or anything. And she definitely didn't make me feel guilty about it. She just was like, this is an option and it's safe. And a lot of women, you know, use this and have healthy pregnancies and healthy babies and your mental health is really important for your baby. And, you know, so I just kind of thought about it and I had an appointment that week and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll mention it to my, um, to my provider. And so I saw a group of OBs and nurse midwives. And, um, so at that appointment that week, I think I saw a nurse midwife and I never saw her again after this, but I was so thankful to have her then because she said, you know, as soon as I mentioned it, she was like, oh, this is, I'm so glad you saw me today because I just went to a conference on this and I'm really interested oh, in wow. mental health. Yeah. So it was definitely a God thing to me mm-hmm. because, you know, just that her timing with it. And so she helped me and she got me on some medication and I think she put me on a generic Zoloft and Buspirone combination, which I did not look into thoroughly before I was, you know, pretty much trusting these providers. Cause I was just in a place where I, I was just surviving, you know? Right. right and, right. um, I didn't, I didn't even think medication was an option in pregnancy. And mm-hmm. I know that it's not the first option and it shouldn't be, but it is an option and it, you know, it can help you. And so I was just thankful. I definitely didn't have any, um, resistance, like from my doctor, you know, they were all, so supportive. Well, that's really, really good. Really, really good. And I, I want to back up for a second and say, how hard was it? You said the first person wasn't available, but it didn't take you that long to find the second person. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So it's with, it was with the same group. Um, it was just somebody in that group that we had heard of that was really good. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to get in with her and I guess she was full, but that whoever was setting up the appointment, just said, um, she specializes in what you're going through. So meet her and see how it goes. And it was wonderful. And then I know a lot of people sometimes feel like they don't even know where to start. So like, what, how did you know, you said you found a referral from a friend, maybe it helps that you work in, in healthcare as a, you know, a speech language pathologist. Yeah, it actually didn't. It was my, one of my husband's friends, um, told us about this group and um, what's been so, and I mean, this is COVID, but it's been great for me. Everything has been virtual. So Mm -hmm. video, 
not, I've not met her in person once, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it was just, he had heard of that group from a friend and we just looked it up and it was local and, and convenient and ended up being great. So I'm thankful. I know a lot of people struggle to find a good counselor, a good therapist, right, right, but right. thankfully that wasn't really the case. Well, that's good. That's good. And you said you were seeing a group of midwives and you felt like they, you definitely had um, their support. So how far along were you when you start? Oh, uh, let me back up and say, what were some of the things you were using or techniques you were using from the therapist to help cope with things? A lot of like learning how to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of judgment with the anxiety and like, thoughts that I was having. And so that was one thing to say, Hey, like take a step back, look at all the things that you've been through and the things that you're, you're still doing it. You know, you're still doing all these things because you love your baby. Um, so just kind of that grace piece and then learning like different kind of like monologues or whatever of saying, um, especially with the driving, I'm really anxious right now, but I'm going to drive anyway. I'm going to, you know, do this anyway. I'm going to go to work. Like just simple things like that, that were so hard for me. And it sounds silly to say it, but just when you're in that and in those feelings, it's so hard. It can become paralyzing. Right, right, right. So just, there was something about even naming it that helped you to manage it. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And, and to like kind of even learn how to be thankful for healthy levels of anxiety. So one of the other things that I would say would be like, oh, thanks anxiety, but we're okay right now. You know, like you don't have to go into overdrive. Like <laughs> I love that actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that indeed. Yes. yes, and yes. It would be so hard sometimes. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm mad at the anxiety. I don't want to think it, but like <laughs> we, we have those feelings for a reason. It's just mine were so heightened because of all these stressors and because of hormones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. So then you decided and about how far along were you when you started medication and you said you started so loft and I can't remember the other two. Uh, Buspirone or some form of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how far along were you when you started medication and then what was that experience like for you? Um, I think I was still in my second trimester, probably towards the end, uh, maybe beginning of third. It was in March and, um, my baby's due in May. And that was what really helped me, I think. Um, okay. Just kind of like get over that hump. Like I was on the way to feeling better, getting better, but I was still really struggling. And that definitely did help me. And we also at this time, so, you know, we're living in this apartment. We're trying to find a house. Mm-hmm. And the housing market's crazy anyway. So. Yep. Well, we thankfully did find a house and moved in. Uh, we moved in in March. And then, um, so, you know, just adding to the crazy of everything, having mm-hmm. to move all of our stuff, get the baby room set up, get our whole all of set it. up. Yes. Everything. <laughs> and do you feel like you have, well, first let me ask, how long do you, because those medications always don't take effect right away. Sometimes it takes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, did, how long before you noticed that it 
that things were better? And then did you have any side effects from the medicines? I would say about a week, um, which is typical. And they mm-hmm. started me on a, like a half dose of the Zoloft and then like worked my way up. So it like gets in your system, I guess. And um, I did not notice any side effects, which again, I was pregnant and had a lot going on, but I definitely only felt better once, once it got going. Got it. Okay. 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 Some people notice that they feel like they're, um, they may feel like their mood is flattened or anything like that. Did Mm -hmm. you experience any side effects or anything like that? No, I didn't. And my mom is a pharmacist and I remember her saying that, you know, kind of about different medications, like, Oh, sometimes those things can mess with your personality or like, you know, but I think that, I was at a point too where I was like, well, I don't really care. I don't want that to be my personality. <laughs> but yeah, I think where my, my emotions were so heightened that whatever, it just kind of like leveled everything out. And I was able to be, I was able to like actually see my personality again. And that was nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, good, good, good. So then you felt like you got on a regimen that was working for you. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. And then did it continue to work? throughout your pregnancy. And we'll talk about your labor also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Good. So then heading into your birth, because sometimes again, another big event can sort of tilt things a little bit. Mm-hmm. What were some things that you did to prepare for your birth? And I know that you were part of the birth preparation course. So I'm like super excited about that. I never know that when people um, message in and it's like, Oh, I get so excited. So, yes. so what did you do to prepare for your birth? Well, the first thing was listen to this podcast. I think I've listened to like all of the episodes, you know, once I found it. And I just thought it was very helpful, something I could do kind of passively to, mm-hmm. you know, learn. And then um, I did the birth prep course and my husband did a lot of it with me and especially making the birth plans, birth uh-huh. wishes. Yeah. Um, that was probably the biggest thing for me, um, especially just knowing what to even look for, what to even plan for. Cause I, I really knew nothing, you know, right. it's my first baby and not planned. So I wasn't thinking about it beforehand. So it was, it was really helpful and the course was great. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So what were some things that you wanted for your birth? The only thing that I knew for sure I wanted going in, besides a healthy baby and mm-hmm. healthy mom, yep. was an epidural. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was like the first <laughs> visit to the doctor. And I was like, you guys do epidurals, right? <laughs> like, just put me on the list now. <laughs> and I don't know why. It's just never, I just never wanted to try. Right. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because um I could just I, once I had somebody call from the car and was like, "Can you get my epidural ready?" <laughs> I'm thinking that could that might that could be you. <laughs> yes, yes. I wanted it like months before. I was like, "Just yes. have it ready for yes. me." <laughs> oh well, good, 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 good. But other than that, I I learned a lot from the course to know that like later oh I want to do the skin to skin Mm -hmm. I want to do the breastfeeding right after you know within the first hour I wanted to do delayed cord clamping um but I found out after talking with the hospital that 
all of those other things were standard practice there. So I was really thankful for that. Oh, good. Good. And it, it, thankfully it is starting to become more standard practice. The problem is that people don't necessarily know and they don't know what to ask. So, yeah, so I'm glad that you found that out. So what was your labor and birth like? Well, I went into labor on, it was on a Sunday, like around 11. And I just remember this because my husband, he works 12 to five. And I told him, well, you're not going to work your whole shift. You can go in, but right. like have the guy ready. Cause my, my baby was due May 24th or May 21st. And that was a Friday. And we went to the hospital on Sunday and I actually had an induction scheduled for Tuesday, which I didn't want to be induced. That was another thing I wanted for my birth. But I was to the point where you know they called me and were like, hey, do you want to schedule this? And I was like, yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so tired of being pregnant. <laughs> but um, so my labor just kind of started like it just really felt like strong cramps. And but they were so they weren't too intense yet. I was able to like do laundry and, you know, finish stuff up around the house, move around fine. But I was, I started timing them because I felt like they were getting consistent. And so they got closer and closer together. And all I knew from what I learned was like, I guess, three to five minutes. And now I can't even remember. I had it like, you know, memorized. Right, right, right. But um, whenever it got to that, like three minutes apart, I was like, I think I'm supposed to go to the hospital. (laughs) And they were getting more intense, but it wasn't unbearable. You know, I was still fine. And I called my husband, and so we we tried to get a hold of the doctor or someone before we went, but it was the weekend, and the number that they gave us to call, like no one was answering. And I said, let's just go. So we went, and we had to go in through the ER and all that, and they put me in triage, and um, the nurse checked me, and she hooked me up to the, or the, you know, whatever all that stuff is Uh called. And, um, she said, I had been checked at the doctor a few times before and they, they always asked because, you know, I like think back to all the stuff that I learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to know, right? even though I know it doesn't really mean anything, but I wanted to know. And so I had been, been told I was three centimeters, 90% of face at my last appointment. And this nurse was telling me, well, you're maybe three, about like 60% of face. So I'm like, what? Which, you know. She was kind of saying, like, I'd say you're more of two. And so I had to wait there for an hour, and they wanted to see if I'd progressed any. And if I had, they'd admit me. If I didn't, they'd send me home. So I didn't progress any. and um, But I still was in a lot of pain. I was still having contractions really close together. And she said, well, the doctor's going to send you home, and, you know, because you're scheduled to come in Tuesday. And I was like, Tuesday, I don't think I'm going to make it until Tuesday. (laughs) And um, she just said, well, some women can labor like this for days, which wasn't encouraging at all. Right. (laughs) But I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I'll go home. (laughs) So we left and um, we were not home, maybe like two hours. And I tried to labor at home and kind of learn because I know, you know, epidurals don't always work. And I was trying to like, you know, get my mindset. Okay, well, if I have to do this naturally, let's try all the stuff that I have learned. I like did bouncy ball. I did like shower and I was just miserable. And at that point it was like getting to where I couldn't 
I couldn't stand it. And so my husband finally did like get a hold of the doctor. I don't know. At that point I was like, I don't care if you call, I'm going regardless. Um, <laughs> I don't care if you get a hold of anyone. Let's go. But she said that she would admit me. The doctor that was on call was actually someone that I had never seen before, which you always like take that risk when you're uh-huh. practice. Right, right. But, um, so they did admit me, but when I got there, so like, Going back when I was there the first time, I filled out all this paperwork, okay? And she was like, yeah, you'll want to do this now while you're not in that much pain. Like, great. That sounds good. So when I got there the second time, I, they acted, they put me in a room, but the nurse was like, yeah, you're still in triage. Like, well, you know, check, wait an hour and all this. And when I heard an hour, I started crying because I was in that much pain at that point that I was like, I just really want an epidural. I, you know. I'm in so much pain and and then she kind of got things moving, but she, I had to fill out all of that paperwork again. Uh, And this time I was in so much pain and I couldn't, every time I had a contraction, I had to like stop and, you know, it was just miserable. And I felt bad for the lady who was having to stand there while I was trying to fill it out. And I just said, you guys have to have this somewhere. Like I literally just filled all this out. Yes. it, It was the same day. So I don't know whatever happened there. Um, but that was probably one of my only complaints about the whole situation. Okay. Okay. But I did end up getting my epidural, um, thankfully. And it worked, hopefully. Yes, yes. it worked. It did work. <laughs> um, but I, I hadn't actually thought about, you know, my medication, you know, I was just taking it and it was working for me, but they hadn't mentioned it at doctor's appointments since. Other than, hey, is this still working for you? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'd just say good and we'd move on. Um, but when I was in the hospital, it was, everybody was talking about it. I mean, it just seemed like that to me at that point. Then it was, I kind of had like guilt about it because the nurses were like, we are going to have to stay an extra night because of like the classification of drug and because to make sure the baby's not going through withdrawals and like to hear that just like broke my heart. I was like, Oh mm. no, like my baby, mm. you know? And, um, they had told me to, um, while I was laboring and when actually when I was about to push, like skipping ahead a little bit that I know the nurse said, you know, he might not cry immediately. That can just be a side effect of the drug. And you know, that might be true, but like, no one had really talked to me about any of this stuff before. Right. And I didn't, I hadn't looked into it that much. I mean, I, I, then I felt bad about that too. I was like, Oh no, you know? And so that's when it kind of became a big thing. Do you feel like that? Did that like heighten your anxiety or did it affect your labor and birth at all? Um, well, it did make me more anxious and more stressed in the moment Mm -hmm. because it just, it felt a little bit like I was being judged, even though they seemed like they weren't, it it just felt like that to me just because of how much it was coming up and like, cause it, you know, none of them had, you know, the nurses and different people had been a part of my care and and knew it beforehand. And we're just saying, Oh, well it could just be a side effect. They're kind of like blaming everything on it. I was like, well, I guess so. Cause I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure it probably felt like it came out of nowhere too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think they had mentioned the whole extra stay in the hospital is a big deal. And 
you know, I hadn't heard of that before then until I got there. So it just kind of surprised me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we, I'm going to have to check. I don't think we do that routinely in our hospital. So that's, so that's interesting. Um, okay. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So then your labor sounds like progressed along without any major issues or complications. Yes. So I got back to the hospital the second time at like seven o'clock or so. And everything was progressing. My water had not broken, but my, my baby's heart rate started dropping. So they kept coming in to check and kept moving me around. And that was really making me nervous, you know? Right. And, um, they, I remember she brought in like an older nurse, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like a more experienced, more experienced nurse, yeah. You know? yeah. And they were kind of, it was like three of them. There was a new nurse, my main nurse, this older experienced nurse all trying to get me in a good position so my baby's heart rate would um kind of stabilize and thankfully it did but they were it was they mentioned hands and knees at one point and uh-huh. I thought, oh no you know because I have an epidural they do not want to put me on my hands and knees if they don't have to yeah it's hard it's harder you can do yeah. it but it's harder yeah yeah but I didn't have to thankfully and then I got to 10 centimeters and I, my water still hadn't broken and I had never like heard of this before, but I actually, my water didn't break until my first push and then it like exploded. Yeah. Every now and again that happens. doesn't happen very commonly, but every now and again that happens and it's quite the spectacular display sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when it did break, um, there was meconium in the fluid. Okay. Was it a lot? A little? I think it was a lot. I don't know. I was kind of, you know, out of it, distracted. But um, I think that made them nervous too. And this is where I had a few questions for you, or you can just kind of give your feedback. Yeah. I'm not sure because 
they were trying, I, I think they were trying to keep me calm and, and stay calm themselves. But um, just where he had the, where they had the meconium and then the heart rate. And so they were trying to get him out really fast. Mm-hmm. So I did, I pushed him out. I think it was only 20 minutes. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they ended up putting oxygen on me. And I remember asking like, is this for me or for the baby? And they're like, for the baby. And I was like, okay, like, we got to get him out. And it was just like, I just remember thinking like, I have to get him out so that his, heart rate, you know, so I don't have to have a C-section because at right. that point, I, no one had mentioned it, but I was just scared that that was like next steps. Sure. Um, so then they took him and they put him on my chest for just a minute and I got to hold him, but then they immediately took him over and like started working on him. And they told me too, before, like right when I was about to push or like at the end, you know, when he's about to come out, she was like, there's going to be a lot of people coming here, my whole team. I don't want you to be scared. This is normal. And looking back, I'm like, is that normal? Maybe it is. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Okay. If, That's if, good. Yeah. If there are any concerns that we have um, for baby, then we have the, the baby team come and it can be five or six folks that come. So yeah, definitely normal and, and appropriate. If there are any concerns about um, the baby needing any help when after, after the baby's born. So if he hadn't have had that, um, the meconium or you think it was the heart rate? Yes. Just, yep. So yeah. the com- so the meconium, sometimes we call, sometimes we don't. It kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the heart rate was concerning, then yes, we want to have the teams there. It's much, much better to have them there and then send them away. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of like calling in an emergency situation and having them, having them running. So we, you know, we, it, sometimes it's hard for us as the, 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 the delivering doctor or midwife to decide like, do we call, do we not call? Um, but I think we never regret like erring on the side of caution and calling. So totally normal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, you know, they kept telling me this is normal, but the more they said it, I was like, I don't think like, it is. <laughs> like, why do you keep telling me this? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have thought about it if you hadn't said that. Right. 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 <laughs> so they did have to, he couldn't stay on my chest. And I guess, you know, sometimes they can do all that stuff with, baby, you know, you holding baby, but where he had that, they wanted to make sure, I guess he didn't have any in his lungs. And so thankfully, um, he was fine. He was perfect. He was pretty bruised because he came out really fast, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't have anything in his lungs and he was healthy, perfect little baby. Nice. How long before they brought you back, brought him back over to you? Well, it was long enough for her. So I did tear and, um, she long enough for her to stitch me up or deliver the placenta, stitch me up. And then the doctor was gone. So I delivered at, um, 1230 AM and the doctor on call, I think she had been asleep. <laughs> like I, I never met this woman <laughs> and she just kind of comes rolling in and she, she was great at her job, but it was just kind of funny to see like weekend night shift situation right. <laughs> right and she came in she delivered the baby she stitched me up she left <laughs> and you know she was very good very nice but um yeah so all of that I don't however long okay okay that would yeah. take to yeah. just get me fixed up and then they brought him back to me gotcha. so not long okay okay well good good and you said you tried to breastfeed and what happened with with that 
that's when the the medication came up again. So the lactation consultant came. Um, he was doing fine. He was like having some trouble latching. We were just working on it. I um, I know it can take time. That it's hard. But um, she, I remember the lactation consultant saying to, well, you know, because of these medications, it can be harder, and um, like he could have a hard time latching. He could be more lethargic and sleepy and you know all of these things which make a lot of sense it just again was like I just felt like she kept bringing it up too I was Mm -hmm. like okay I know that let's move past that and let's do some other things to you know I can't help that at this point so let's try to get them on right 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 and then also still that like no one told me like why does this keep why am I hearing this again? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it just, it was like, I went from a lot of support at the doctor's office to, okay, well, because of this now, you know, mm-hmm. these certain things, which gotcha. thankfully the extra stay because they had watched him and, and checked him. And whenever we were there, I think I ended up staying two nights, um, but we didn't have to stay an extra night they said he's good to go you know all of that okay good 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 so then what and did you eventually get breastfeeding going or was it still a challenge I did it was a challenge um and I mainly just pumped so he's you know still getting breast milk got it supplementing the formula but um he actually had a tongue and a lip tie. Okay. Which as a speech therapist, I knew like just a little bit about that because I don't work with children or mm-hmm. babies. I work with children. The complete patients. opposite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I felt like so helpless. I should know more about this. But um, we ended up, we got that fixed um, like the week after he was born. And um, where, where I think like I would have, done things differently is we we stopped breastfeeding and we only pumped into bottle and I think he just got so like he just got so used to the bottle that when we tried to breastfeed again he would just get so mad and frustrated it It wasn't happy for anyone so got it yeah our happy medium was bottle (laughs) gotcha 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 so then what was the postpartum period like for you especially in relation to um any anxiety you had Um, so postpartum, I think that I was so scared of that because that is all I had heard of. Mm -hmm. I never heard of this, you know, anxiety and everything during pregnancy. I'd only heard of it after. And, um, so thankfully after, because I had taken all these steps beforehand, I, I really only experienced like, I guess what you consider baby blues, just some extra emotions, you know? extra crying here and there, but nothing like I had experienced before. And I was really able to enjoy my baby, which is what I was scared of. I was like, what if I can't take care of him? Because, you know, I have postpartum and and all this stuff. But thankfully, um, because I think, you know, I'd done all that, all the stuff beforehand, it really helped me afterwards. I love that. That is so good to hear. Mm-hmm. And then did you did you continue taking your medication? I did, yes. Okay. Um, and then at my six-week checkup, they were talking to me about it. 
And I said, you know, I, I feel like it's gotten a little harder now that the baby's been here, which that's normal. And she like upped my dose of the, the beast brown, whatever that's uh-huh. generic for. Um, by just, I don't know, like a half, whatever dose, but, um, but then that helped me like just in the, just in the postpartum period and like getting back to work and all of the emotions that can come with that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And did you check in with your counselor before the six week postpartum period? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I had been meeting with her weekly and she was so supportive, even right up until I gave birth. You know, we had an appointment scheduled like the day I gave birth. And, you know, she was just like, if I don't hear from you, I know what <laughs> Right, right, right. So just so supportive all the way through. And like, I, um, I think I talked to her that next week. And because it was virtual, I was able to just do it, you know, with my baby. And mm-hmm. it was really nice to have that support. And I had great support from my family and friends, but just knowing that, knowing that support was there too, is good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like six six weeks, not, I feel like it just is six weeks is too long to not have any contact with anyone. It is. And if you're not sharing with anyone, I mean, Mm -hmm. I can imagine how scary and lonely that would be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of what she did was, validate that what you were experiencing was normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the most important things. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about everything? Um, I feel like overall it was a really good experience and I didn't talk much about like the physical part of my pregnancy because I actually had a very smooth pregnancy. It was all like, you know, mental health related that I, that I struggled. Um, so I was really blessed with healthy pregnancy, healthy baby. Um, and so like looking back on it, I can, I can, you know, be happy with like choices I made and the way things went. Good, 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 good. And then if you had to, as we wrap up, give one piece of advice that you would tell other women who may be struggling with anxiety during their pregnancy, what would you tell them? I would definitely say tell someone. And if you just start with telling your spouse or, you know, someone close to you, just talk to someone about it and then you can go from there. Um, But it's just really important not to keep it to yourself because, um, you know, once you find out that there is help and, and you get that help, it's just life-changing. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess, I don't think I asked that they, they said there were no like long-term issues or concerns or anything that needed to be watched out for in relation to you being on the medication during pregnancy. Correct. No, nothing that they had mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's very true. There's nothing that, um, nothing that in specific, specifically that we, that we have to do. All right. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story. This is something that I know a lot of women deal with and they deal with it in silence. So I appreciate you being willing to to talk about this really important topic. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So wasn't that a great episode? I so appreciate her coming on and sharing her experience. And I always love, again, when I have students from the birth preparation course come on as well. Now, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Nicole's Notes, where I do my top 
three or four takeaways from the episodes. And here are my takeaways from my conversation with Malin. Number one, I want to reiterate that anxiety and depression can happen during pregnancy. And there are real strategies that you can take to help or that you can implement to help you. You don't have to suffer. It can be a combination of therapy, um, or medications. There are different things that you can try. Definitely seek out professional help if needed, because remember the most important piece of a healthy baby is a healthy mom, a healthy mom, both physically and emotionally. So if you are having trouble with anxiety and depression during your pregnancy, do not feel like you have to suffer because in the long run, it's actually not beneficial for your baby if you are not healthy. So seek out help if you need it. Now, I do want to say that in the vein of help that um, Malin's story emphasized that I think we do need to be a bit clearer about some of the potential side effects that can happen with medications that you use during pregnancy. And to be clear on balance, the medications are very safe and effective during pregnancy. And if folks need them, they need them. But everyone should go into the conversation or the discussion about medications in particular, knowing all of the potential options. And there are some potential side effects with, with medications during pregnancy. So we definitely need to be clear about that as well. So do ask so that you know and that you're informed and that you can be prepared for it. Okay, now the other two things relate to Malin's experience during her labor and birth. And one is that you don't know things unless you ask and you don't know what to ask if you haven't educated yourself. So I'm speaking in particular about her experience or desire to have things like delayed core clamping and skin to skin contact, things that are should happen that should happen routinely after birth. However, they don't always happen. And she knew about the importance of those and some other things because of taking the birth preparation course. So she was able to, you know, know and ask and find out and get confirmation that those things routinely happen at her hospital. But that's not necessarily information that gets volunteered. And again, you're not going to know unless you ask. And you also don't know what to ask unless you've educated yourself. So that is one of the things that people talk a lot about that they really love about the birth preparation course is that it gives them the language and questions and things that they need to know in order to have intelligent, informed discussions with the medical professionals and staff and things like that. And I want you to have that same thing too. So check out the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. And then the final thing I will mention is that she was still prepared for managing pain, even though she knew that she was going to get an epidural. And this is something that I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage. There will be a period of time where you're experiencing labor before you get an epidural, even if you get an epidural. And that's also something that you'll learn in the birth preparation course is some of those medication-free pain management techniques. But even if you don't get them inside the course, then get them somewhere, okay? You need to have some techniques for managing pain without medication. I do have a free guide that goes over a lot of those options. That's drnicolerankins.com forward slash pain. So you can head to that link and grab that guide, get that information there. 
All right. So there you have it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. And I would so appreciate you leaving an honest review in Apple podcast in particular that helps the show to grow, helps other women find the show. And if you haven't already filled out that listener survey, I would so appreciate that as well. That's drnicolerankins.com forward slash survey, because I want to know more about you. All right. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a beautiful pregnancy and birth.